Well, joy is your compass, and Jesus is your destination. Y'all ready for the word? Somebody give it up today for Pastor Troy. You're going to take your Bible, and you're going to go to the book of Revelation. That's right. It's the book of Revelation. There's no S at the end of that. You hear me? I hear somebody out here in my church calling the book of Revelation the book of Revelations. We're going to send you back to, I'm going to send you back to Bible, Bible, uh, what's that, uh, the, you know, downstairs. We're going downstairs. That's where you, you know, go downstairs. You're going to learn all this stuff again. So welcome to Church on the North Coast. You guys will fix that for me as, as I go along, uh, as I get started today. Uh, I want to tell you that, you know, that I, I want to encourage you not to be passive in your faith in any, in, in any category of your life. I want to encourage you not to be passive. All right? You cannot allow passivity to work its way into your life in any category. And I, I heard, I was a, I, we were praying the other night, and I heard, I heard a prayer that was, and it came forward, and it was too passive for me. I, I, don't, don't play with me. It was too passive. And it, and it was something like this, you know, it was something like this. It was something like, well, God, you appoint leaders. God, you appoint leaders. They're praying, they're praying uh, uh, that one particular text that says God appoints leaders of the day. Now, now I want to I bring correction to that because I don't want there to be any passivity uh, in, uh, among uh, the brethren, uh, the fellowship of the saints. And I'm going to talk about politics this year. I'm, I'm going to talk about it because where we are today is, is blasphemous. Where we are today is blasphemous. All right? And, and, and we got here because a church remain silent on issues that have bearing on the nation and the nations, not just our nation, but the nations of the world. So I'm going to say some things. They might make you uncomfortable, but I need you to know this. I need you to know this as I say these things. I need you to understand. You are not a Democrat and you are not a Republican. You are a Christian. You belong to a king called Jesus, but you've been called, you've been called to to govern the powers and principalities of darkness with the force of righteousness that's on the inside of you. So you cannot take a passive approach to, to politics. You must engage and you must stand for righteousness. Here's the three things you stand for. The, the precedence of the Bible. What is the precedence of the Holy Scriptures when it comes to what you're voting, who you're voting for? What's the precedence of the Bible? God does not desire, God does not desire that evil rule the land. Do you agree with that? Does God desire that evil rule the land? No. Don't, you better talk to me. God does not desire for evil to rule the land. He says this, I place before you, what does he place before you? A choice. What's the choice? Life or death could not be more clearly in the times we live in, could not be more clearly. He said, I place before you life or death. Then he tells you what to choose. I pray that you would choose life. For if you choose life, church of the living God, the world will be affected by your choice. The world is also affected by your lack of participation and your lack... You, you, so you vote, the, you vote the, precedence, the precedence of the Bible. You vote the precedence of the early church. Precedence of the early church. There's such an arrogance among us today to believe that we have greater revelation than the ones that gave us the revelation of Jesus. It's arrogance. 
And it's, it's a proclivity of man to believe that you have greater understanding than your parents. It's an arrogance, it's an immaturity to believe that, well, you know, they're just, they just, getting, they're just dusty butts. They, they don't really know, you know, you know, they really don't know where we are. So the precedence of the early church, and here, lastly, precedence of the Bible, precedence of the early church, precedence of Christ. What is the heart of Christ? That's how we vote. That's how we vote. As the church of the living God, that is how we vote. The book of Revelation. It's a revelation The revelation of the entire book is Jesus. It's a book that was written to the church. Let me correct myself. It wasn't a book. I want to encourage you as you read your Bible to know we call it a book, but it's really it's a compilation of letters written historically for the believer. God loves you so much that he wrote a letter to you. Back in the day, we would write letters. Some, some of you are too young to know what this means, but we would write letters in between classes and we would fold them up real cool and the cooler you were able you would spend 15 minutes folding it five minutes writing it you would fold it up real cool maybe slide it in a locker run on down the road but we would write letters letters are personal the book of revelation is written to the seven churches so that tells me that that the revelation of jesus was given to us intentionally. And the book, I want to say this, some, just, some, just some context as we come in. The book was written prophetically. It was a, it was a prophetic book. <laughs> Which means prophecy is present tense context of future victory. Everybody look at your name and say, it's going to be all right. God wrote me a letter and told me the end from the beginning. He, already, he told me, he gives me present tense context of my future victory. And the entire book is written with that perspective. He comes. John is on the island of Patmos. He, Jesus comes. The angel comes and gives him a revelation. It's, it's this moment. It's just he comes to him and he interrupts his present tense moment. And he tells him, I understand. I understand the apocalypse that you're living in right now. Now, the book... 
the Greek translation of Revelation is where we get our English word apocalypse. So, so God gives John a revelation of Jesus in, in the most apocalyptic moment of, of the time frame of the context of his time. He comes to him in the darkest moment of his time and says there's massive persecution happened. If you, if you go back and you study the history of the, of the early church, massive persecution begins to break out. The church is, the diaspora takes place, and the church is flung to the four corners of the world because of that persecution. There's darkness, there, there's words and, you know, context of beasts and, and, you know, symbolism and scary fire and just, you know, the, the, the words and the symbolism. Now, the book was written in a form that would make you believe that you, you had to, uh, like you had to know, it wasn't written in code, but it was written to the church. Because only the church would know the context of the symbolism, of the words. Only the church would be able to, to interpret or translate what was written in the book. So it wasn't, it wasn't written in code. It was written in such a way that only the believer would know what it meant. And Jesus says, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. It has been given for the church, for his bride to know what the world, they, they can't interpret what's happening right now. Your, your unsaved aunts, uncles, nieces, and they, they cannot interpret it. But, but with biblical comprehension, we ought to, as the sons of Issachar, understand and know the times we are in and how we should act. Because it has been given for us to know. We are able to translate the signs of the apocalypse that are taking place. We are able to interpret them. And we are able to see within the darkest moments of history the victory at the end. We are able to, we are able to put our life in context and say, this is a momentary light affliction. But I've seen the end. I want you to know that God has allowed me to see the victory of the end and there is no defeat at the end I want you to hear me when God shows you a revelation of Jesus he's not showing you a revelation to show you you lose he's showing you a revelation in your present tense context of moment there he's showing you a revelation to reassure you and let you know you are more than a conqueror that there is no what you, you, it's like he turns the lights on in the middle of your darkness and the apocalypse and Bigfoot's running around, UFOs in the sky and the government tripping and he turns the lights on for you and he flicks on the lights and you're able to see with clarity the plan of God for your life. You look down the road and you say, oh, I'm walking out of this valley. This ain't the valley of my death. This is the valley of the enemy's death. He's, turn, he's given me a revelation of Jesus in the midst of my suffering, in the midst of my trial. He has turned on the lights for me because that is what prophecy does. That's why, that's why he gave us this book to let us know.
Now, I'll say this. It was written to the church, to the bride. It wasn't written for the world. So if you want, if you want revelation of Jesus in the midst of trouble, you must then be a part of the bride. He, he, he didn't write the letter. He didn't write the letter for your neighbor who don't know Jesus. He wrote the letter for the seven churches and he gave them revelation. And he said, you'll only be able to decode and translate the revelation. You'll only be able to understand the context of your trouble with, with consideration to your future victory if you are connected to the family of God. Check my hand. If you are connected to the family of God, if you are part of the beloved of God, you get a revelation in the midst of your trial, trouble, and your tribulations. You get a revelation and say, it's all going to be okay. You're gonna, you, I just need you to see the end so you don't grow weary and well-doing. I want you to see where I'm taking you. I want you to see that my destiny for you is greater than what you're experiencing right now. I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to surrender your hope. I want you to know that I have a hope and a future for you. He comes to us, turns on the lights in the midst of trouble. This is what he did for John on that island. And he said, John, I need you to write this down because this revelation is going to help my bride in the future get through her apocalypse. If Bigfoot would have walked through the door right now, I would not be surprised. I'd be like, man, I knew you was running around in the woods with a flashlight one day. Because it's, it's crazy out here, guys. It's absolutely crazy. We don't know where to use the restroom. We don't know if we're boys or girls. We don't know who to marry or who not to marry. We don't know, we don't know his, her, him, shem, them. We don't know nothing today. It's crazy. I never thought I'd ever see this stuff. What's going on, y'all? And then we, act, then we, we start having conversations like it's rational conversations. Look, I can't have this conversation. This don't make no sense. That don't make no good sense. God gave chickens better sense than this. A chicken know better to get out the rain, man. You got me talking about whether or not there's boys or girls or anything in between, man. Chickens know better. Some conversations we should just stay out of. Just that's foolishness. I'm not even participating in that nonsense. You believe you're a Tonka truck? Go ahead and believe it, son, but I'm not participating in this delusion. The government actually announced that UFOs are real. Nobody missed a beat, neither. None of y'all missed a beat. You just say, hey, my pizza's late. We was more concerned about about sitting down at the table then then I you know you saw all those movies back in the day when the UFOs would come and we'd be all scared we didn't even flinch jaw we didn't we didn't move at all we was just like whatever let the UFOs come when's it when's this recession gonna end I need the interest rates to come down I need to buy a new house it's crazy all right so in the middle of that, Jesus comes. Jesus comes. Revelation 
22. He who was at the beginning is revealed in the last letter. John 1 tells us, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Jesus was in the beginning. He shows up at the end, the last chapter. He shows up at the last chapter of the last letter written to the church. He stands up and he says these words. And when we say these words, our spirits come to life. And we don't even know why we get excited when we hear this. We just know, like, when you say that, Pastor, that does something to me, you know? Like, when you say these words, Pastor, like, every time a preacher will get up and say these words, you, your spirit says, oh, ha, shut, your spirit starts speaking in tongue. Your soul don't know why, because you think he's just saying the same thing three times. But he is not. Because if, if we had biblical comprehension, we could be able to interpret what he's saying. We could decode. We could translate these three different expressions of what he's saying to you and to me, the beloved of God. He's not saying this to the world. He's saying this. I want you to know, you need to write it down. This is what Jesus is saying to me. And he says this, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the first and I am the last. Oh, we just had church, y'all. Let's go home. Oh, Jesus said, I am Alpha and I am Omega. I worked at this, I worked at this factory. I worked at a factory one time and I lasted on the third day I walked out. On the third day I couldn't take it no more. I walked out. I don't know what they was building. Well, I do know what they was building now, but I didn't know then. But I'll just tell you this. Whatever I was putting on that thing for the next eight hours. They didn't have that thingy on the thingy that they was building in that thingy. Because on the third day, I couldn't take it no more. Well, what would happen was this big thingy, I don't even know what it was, but this big thing would come over. And it would lower itself down in front of me. And I had these other little thingies on the table over here. There was little metal thingies about this big. And, and, and I would take the little metal thingies. And I would take the little metal thingies and I would put them as fast as I could. Terror, ugh. You know what? Ugh, ugh. I, was like, I can't even believe. Y'all, I lasted three days. You know, it was awesome. I would take the, and I was just, at first I was like, oh man, I could I beat this machine. I will beat this. I will win. And I was putting it all up in there. And then all of a sudden it would just, it would just pick up and it would go down, you know? And, and I'm like, oh, I'm not done. You know, and There'd be like five left. I'm like, oh, it beat me. And for like three days, I played the game. You know what I'm saying? I played the game. For like three days, I played the game. And I tried to get it to the end. I was, at one point, I was like, <laughs> I was doing, I was doing like, and I still couldn't get to the end. On the third day, man, I just walked in. I was like, this, oh, I, this is dumb. I, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm better than this Jesus. <laughs> And midnight came, and it was time for lunch. I walked out of that joint, and I never came back.
I didn't know what they was making. But I know that my little thingies for eight hours later wasn't on that thing they was making. I learned, I had to repent. I had to say, ask the Lord to protect those people. Because I learned that I was making wheelchairs. I know it. I know it. I had to repent. I said, oh, no. Oh, no. My little thingies weren't on there. I hope my little thingy was like, you know, like a backup part. I just, you know how they give you extra parts in the box. I just, I just pray that my little thingy was one of the things that just wasn't really, it's really not that important. It's like that, it's like your gallbladder. You can do without it. You don't need that. You know what I mean? Things happen. You know, yeah, we'll just take that out. You don't really need that. I asked this kid one time. I was just kid one time. I said, "Hey, go out in the can you you know can you help me go out in the parking lot and paint paint the bottom of the the telephone pole the, the light poles yellow?" And I gave him the paint, and I gave him all the supplies, and I sent him out there, and uh, and I said, "I'll be I'll see you later." I came back around noon, and there was one point five light post base painted, and the paint was sitting in the baking sun, just sitting there. And, and, he, and he pulled a Troy. He took off. <laughs> he, was like, he was like me. He was like, this is stupid. I got it's done. He just walked away. And at first I wanted to be mad at him. You know, like, man, come on. You, you, know, you should have finished what you started. But I couldn't even be mad at him because it was dumb. It was kind of stupid. But, but, but what I should have did and what somebody should have did for me was in the middle of that, of that, of that one part in the middle of the assembly of that one part of my life, the owner of the company should have came down and said, hey, man, let's take a walk. I want to I explain the vision of what we're doing here. Take me to the end of the assembly line and show me a wheelchair. And better than that, show me somebody sitting in a wheelchair. Show me somebody that needs the little thingy that I'm putting on the thingy. What I should have did with my friend Elijah is I should have showed him the end product. This is why you're doing this because souls are going to get saved on Sunday and first impressions matter and it makes people feel safe and secure. That's why we need this building maintenance because when you come through the doors you feel like, oh, this is excellent. The ministry here is excellent. So we need to invest in the ministry here. I should have took them and I should have broke it down for him and said, listen, I need you to paint these posts. Not because I like them yellow. Not because they, you know, they're faded. I need you to paint these posts because souls weigh in the balance. And if you paint these posts, the first thing people are going to see when they pull in these parking lots are these sparkling yellow posts. And now they're going to know it, but psychologically it's going to do something for them. It's going to convince them that they're safe here, that there's excellence here, and that the presentation of Jesus is here in excellence. I should have told him that. And what I want you to know today, that God is telling you right now in your present tense contact. He's giving you present tense contact to let you know it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. You're going to make it through this thing because he gives you a prophetic revelation of Jesus in the middle of your momentary affliction to let you know it's going to be all right. God's got it under control. Don't you allow the whispers and lies of this world to convince you that he's not in control. I want you to know that God is in control. He's handling everything according to his purpose and plan. And so he shows up, prophetically shows up and says, now watch this, he said, I am Alpha and I am Omega. This is cold right here because what he does is he uses the Greek 
letter. And he's doing it intentionally. Jesus is doing this intentionally to say, it doesn't matter the culture. It doesn't matter the nationality. It doesn't matter the nation. It doesn't matter black, white, yellow, green, tall, skinny, rich, poor. It don't matter. He speaks, he uses the Greek letters, the beginning of the letter. He said, I am Alpha. I am Alpha. I'm the first letter, he said. I'm the first letter. I started it. I started it. I begin it. I begin. I step in the middle of the Greek culture and I started it. I started it right here in Rome, he said. I started it right here. And he says, I am Alpha, but I want you to know that I am Omega. What he's saying to the church here is he's telling you. He's telling you and I right now today. He said, my, my word started it, and I will have the last word. I will have the last word. Rome won't have the last word. The doctor won't have the last word. The attorney, the president, the nations will rage, but they will not have the last word. God said, I am Alpha, and I am Omega. I translate to every culture, every, every, every tongue, every tribe, every nation. I will have the first word, and you can bet your bottom dollar that I will have the last word. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not my word, baby. My word is powerful. My word ends. Yeah, he said, he said I, I'll start it, and I'm a finisher. I'm a finisher. He said, so shall my word be. It goes. But then he says, I want you to know comes back just like I sent it comes back better than I sent it he said not one look at what he said I got all these texts the reason you need to download that that uh that app is because all my notes are on that app you can go get all the notes so I'm just I'm running through them now but he said this he said not, not he said not one jot or tittle not one not one word will be missed I spoke it prophetically, and I will bring it to pass. I start, and I finish. He said, I'm Alpha. I'm Omega. I am the beginning, the starting place, and I am the end. Now listen. Everybody will experience an end. Many in here right now are experiencing an end. End of something, end of this, end of a career, end of a, a relationship, end of end, the end, the end. We see God so clearly in the beginning. But when we come to the end of a thing, we shake our fist to heaven and we say, like, like Mary, where were you, Jesus? We shake our fists to heaven and we say, where were you? If you had been here, Jesus, where are you now, Jesus? And even Jesus on the cross uttered these words. He said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, where are you now, Father? We all say these words. We see him so easily at the beginning of a thing, but it's so difficult to see him at the end of a thing. 
The beginning, he said, I am the beginning. It means I am the starting place of your life. And that word therein means I am the purpose. I have purpose. I'm the beginning of your purpose. And I am with you always. I'm not. See, we like to believe that God is at our beginning. And God is at the end. But he didn't say, I'm at the end. He said, I am the end. I am the end. He said, I am the beginning. I am the, I'm a step from the beginning. I'm in the middle of your life. I'm at three quarters of your life. I'm in the trouble of your life. I'm in the sickness of your life. I'm in every aspect of your life. I am the end. I have purpose. And, he, and, and you need to know that he has purpose in the end of a thing. You see, most people, they lament the ends of things. But, but I've learned to look past the end of something. And I've looked, I look at the end and say, where are you beginning a new thing as this old thing in transition? I say, God, where are you at the end? In the be- There's this moment of transition where you must try- tell your soul to settle down and look for Jesus at the end of a thing. you got to start looking for Jesus at the end of a thing and say because he's never not starting a new thing at the end of a thing he is all he is he is a circle and not a line he will be with you there he will be with you there he will be with you there he started there but he's there he's there he's there he's there he's there you say it's the end but he said no i'm just getting started And, and i couldn't start until the old thing died there's a law There's a law that I reference all the time. It's called the law of authority. And you and I, we come into a room, and we will only operate as high as the highest law of authority in the room. You walk into this room. Oftentimes, I'll leave a room intentionally so that authority can come. So I don't, want my, I don't want my authority to suffocate somebody else's authority. And Jesus is saying, listen, I, I, I had to get out the way. I, I, I'm, I'm going to the Father now, but I'm going to send you another helper. This moment ends, but the, but, the, but the one who's coming, the one who's coming, well, he's greater like, watch, he's, he, he's, he now will tell you all things. I, my moment here has ended. I'm, I'm going, I'm leaving. So the Holy Spirit can come now and live inside of you. But I don't want you to think that, that I'm not there. I am always there. I am the beginning and I am the end. And then he said, I am the first and I am the last. And I close with this. That word first there means chief. It means chief. It's a reference to the scripture that says that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. I am the first. He said, I am the chief 
cornerstone. You know what cornerstones do? Cornerstones are that, they're that piece in the building. If you go to Israel with me in December, you will see the chief cornerstone of the temple. It's the largest, it's the largest stone there, and it holds. What it does is it holds all things by the word of his power. And Jesus says, I am the chief cornerstone of your life. I hold all things together. I hold it all together. And he says, I am the last. I'm the last. That word last is eschatos. It's where we get our word eschatology. It's which is the study of the, of the extreme end. And Jesus is telling his church, he's telling his church, I want you to know I'm holding it all together. I'm holding your life. I hold all things. I, I'm the only one strong enough to hold, to hold it all together. I'm the chief cornerstone. And he goes and he says, I hold it all together. And I want you to know, Jesus is saying this, in your extreme end, eschatos means extreme end. When he says extreme end, he means this, beyond the grave, beyond the sickness. He's saying, he's saying I, I can go where no man can go. I can walk into Lazarus' tomb and bring him out alive. He's saying to you and I, I hold it all. I hold your life so powerfully. I'm in such control of your life that even the same spirit that raises me from the dead will quicken your mortal body four days dead and yank you out of the grave. He's saying, I hold all things together within the context of time. And I need you to know that I am in control of death, hell, the grave, powers and principalities of darkness. He's telling you that I can, I can rescue your children. This morning, it was reported to me. They sent me a picture. I've been praying for my son. And many of you in this room have been praying for my eldest son. They sent me a picture. My eldest son is sitting on the front row in church on the north coast in Lorraine right now. he's eschatos he goes and he does what no man can do for your life he satisfies to the uttermost he will walk into your he will walk into your sick place and he will bring you out well he can do what no man can do he's telling us this in his in this declaration where he says I am Alpha and I am Omega. I'm Omega. He's saying this. He's saying, I keep my word. I'm a promise keeper. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. He said, listen, I'm, I'm in control at the end just like I am at the beginning. I finish what I start. And then he says, I'm the, the first and the last. He said, I'm holding you. Jesus wants you to know. He wants you to know. He keeps his promises to you. He's a promise keeper. He doesn't, 
He doesn't make a promise and not keep it. I've missed, I've missed, I've missed, I've missed. My daughter, two feet away from me, climbing the tree. I missed her. She fell, broke her arm. I missed. Jesus never misses. He said, I never miss. I keep my word, he says. He said, for those that are For those that are experiencing the unraveling of life, the extreme end. The extreme end will will come at us all. Sickness, disease. Don't you give in to premature death. Don't you surrender to premature death. Because Jesus, he said, I'm the eschatos. I deal with death. Say, I am the life. I am the resurrection, he said, and I am the life. I'm the eschatos. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what stage. I don't care what, what, what man says. It's the report of the Lord. You better start believing the report of the Lord. He said, I'm the eschatos. And if you're experiencing extreme unraveling, he's telling you today, let me hold you. Let me hold you. Don't, 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 run to, don't run to this world and let, try to get, don't run to counseling. Don't run to a doctor. Don't run to your spouse. No, no, no. Run to Jesus. He wants to hold you today. He wants to hold you. He holds all things by the word of his power. He's powerful. Put it in his hands. Put it in his hands. If you're at the end of something, I want you to know, Jesus finishes what he starts. I know it's hard to see him in this moment, but I want you to know you need to, you need to take courage right now and know that if he started it, he will end it. He will finish it. He's at the end. Come on, stand your feet with me as we close. Write this down. My greatest need is a revelation of Jesus. My greatest need is a revelation of Jesus. When you get a revelation of Jesus, revelation is always prophetic. When Jesus' presence comes to you, it doesn't come to you to be wasted. When his manifest presence fills a room, when the worship fills a room with so much intensity, he doesn't come for nothing. He comes like he came to John on the island of Pam. He comes to you and he says, this is a prophetic moment because wherever Jesus is, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When Jesus testifies, whenever Jesus' presence comes into a room, he's he's prophesying to his church. He's he's poof, poof, poof. He's, He's He's turning lights on. He's turning lights on, and he's giving you present tense context. Right here in this moment, his presence filling the room. And what's he doing? He's revealing. He doesn't reveal himself for nothing. He reveals himself 
Because he wants to give you a present tense context. He wants you to know, I had the first word. I'm going to have the last. I finish everything I start. And I hold all things, every power, every principle. I hold all things by the word of my power. I hold your life in my hand. And for many of us right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, for, for many of us in this room right now, he wants to give a revelation right now because you're in the middle of an apocalypse darkness. You're fighting for wellness. You're fighting for covenant. You're fighting for peace. Christ says, let me, let me come and sup with you. Let me give you Strength, let me reassure you. Let me hold you in this moment to let you know I'm with you always. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You will win. You will not lose. You're going to live to the glory of God and not die. You will be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Joy of the Lord will become your strength. Even in the midst of this momentary affliction, He is with you. Bless your people today, Jesus. Bless your people today. In their darkness, in their apocalypse, darkness. In the extreme unraveling, hold them by your power. Give them a revelation of your presence. Come to them. Give them reassurance. Your children are going to make it in Jesus' name. Your children are going to make it in Jesus' name. Your children are going to make it in Jesus' name. Your husband's returning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, right now, prophetically, reveal the end from the beginning right now to your beloved, to those who are called according to your name. Give them a revelation of your person, Jesus. Bless your people. Bless your people. Bless your people with your presence, Lord. If you're here today, watching online, never given your life to Christ, pray this prayer with me. Christians are praying in the room. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent. Come into my heart. Make me brand new. Take my life now. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're blood-bought, born again, walking in the power of heaven, going to heaven, bringing heaven. Welcome to the kingdom. I love you. Praying for you. Thank you for being a part of our Sunday service. If you need prayer today, our altar ministers will be around the front. We'd love to pray for you before you leave today. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. God bless you as you go.